Hey now, and welcome back to another episode of the Passionate Stewardship Podcast, a podcast for helping professionals who strongly believe in supporting their community and the humans who live there. I am your host, Dr. Sherry. It's another month, y'all. It is May. We have reached our fifth month. And before we dig into this episode, I just want to give a big thank you and show so much gratitude and appreciation for everyone who has listened and downloaded and shared and given so much positive um, feedback on what we are doing here on the Passionate Stewardship Podcast. Shout out to everyone, not just here in the United States, but everyone internationally who listens to the Passionate Stewardship Podcast. Y'all, we have listeners from all over the world. And that is so humbling to me. We have listeners from places that I've never even been before. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't even know if there is a word that shows my gratitude enough. So how I am going to continue to show my gratitude is do my best to continue to show up and give content that I think is important to the field of human services and to the field of social work and give content to this amazing audience that I think is extremely important to the work that we do. So again, thank you. So a moment of complete transparency, y'all. April was a hard month for me. It was hard. Um, As you all know, it was Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So I was really, really busy. So on top of the podcast and ensuring that I was being present to the topic itself, doing a lot for work, it was the anniversary month of my grandmother's passing. So there was some grief um, that was coming up for me. And then there was another situation that kind of brought up some grief stuff for me. So the good doctor struggled during the month of April. But there were a lot of good things that happened in April also. So I am here to say that nothing is out of order. Um, But it was a lot. It was a lot because there was so much during the month of April. I had to ensure that I was intentionally taking care of me. Easter weekend, I just took care of me. I rested a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot. And Easter is usually one of those weekends that, you know, of course, it's usually church and family. But I did a lot of resting and my husband kept asking me, you still in the bed? Yes, I am, sir. I am still in the bed. With all of that, the next two episodes, we will explore a topic that is really important to me. It's at the forefront of my business, LC Consulting and Coaching, and it's how I show up as a leader in in the nonprofit where I'm the executive director. It is also how I show up for my clients. It's how I show up as a Black woman. It's how I show up as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter, as as a sister, and as a friend. And if you speak to anyone who has encountered me, whether it's in my leadership capacity or any of my clients that I work with in LC that I support, I like to say support, that I support in LC Consulting and Coaching, What I'm getting ready to discuss is essential for our working relationship. My clients agree to hold space for it, and we incorporate it in 
our working relationship. It is a must. I support my clients by integrating it into their personal life and in their organizational practices. And that thing is radical self-care. I know y'all like, girl, it took you all that to get there. Yes, it did. Just follow along. And listen, before you get to rolling your eyes, I'm like, oh, nah, not another self-care conversation. Hear me out. Because grind culture is real. You know, grind culture creates this unhealthy narrative that if you are not working long hours, if you are not seeing the most clients, or if you say no to a client, like I will have to reschedule you for tomorrow, if you are not going above and beyond for the organization, which oftentimes, you know, looks like burnout or turns into burnout. And if you are not coming in at eight and leaving beyond five, then you're not giving your enough to your clients or enough to your organization. Or better yet, if you are not putting everyone else's needs before that of yourself, then it's not the normal way to function in this world and in this profession. And I'm here to tell you it's all lies. It's all lies. And this, these kinds of messaging and this kind of behavior, it perpetuates burnout. Which is why in this field, in the field of human services and in the field of social work, it's why the turnover is so great. So I know the word self-care, it is such a buzzword. And the term and those words are so overutilized. However, the level of self-care that I'm speaking about today, and in my humble opinion, it takes self-care to a whole new level. And guess what? Self-care doesn't mean self-reliant. In my humble opinion, seeking support, which took me a really long time to be like, okay, seeking support is one of those things that makes this so radical. It's acknowledging that something has to change for self, and I may need support and accountability to get it started or to make it happen. So we started like this. My name is Dr. Sherry, and I'm a recovering grindaholic. Although I might be a little facetious right now, but for years, and if any of my circle is listening to this, they are probably either talking to the speaker right now, or they might even be getting ready to ring my phone and be like, oh, you telling all your tea. But it's true. I sacrificed myself, my time, and every aspect of my being for this work that I love so much. And guess what? Most of the time, the agency where I was working at, they didn't even care, let alone acknowledge that all I was doing or sacrificing was breaking me down. It was breaking me down as a professional. It was breaking me down as a mother And more importantly, it was breaking me down as a Black woman. And the fact that they did not care, all my hard work, all those long hours, that was a hard realization. So quick story. I was working for a nonprofit in Washington, D.C. And for me, it was the dream job. I was given the opportunity to create this program from the ground up. So we're talking about construction and policies and procedures. There was no program. So I was given the keys after construction was done and said, you have two weeks to turn this around. 
before we bring in our first man or woman. Keep in mind, all of this time, I am also going into prisons and doing the footwork for discharge planning and all of that. And so myself and a colleague, we were doing all the furniture shopping, all the grocery shopping, all of the decorating, like trying to get this this house in order to receive the first person. We got it done in two weeks. We had what we called a house blessing because it was a faith-based organization. Um, so we, we had a house blessing. And at that house blessing, I was so physically sick. I was running a fever. I had lost my voice. I had no energy that I felt like I was going to pass out. But I put on a brave face. I The face was beat. The outfit was cute. I did what was necessary to show up for the work. After the event, I went home and I was sick in bed, literally for almost a week and a half. The stress, the work, the pressure, the leaving at home at five, six o'clock in the morning and not coming back home until eight, nine o'clock, sometimes 10 o'clock at night while also working on my PhD. It had caught up to me in a mighty way. I could not talk. I was not keeping food down. I had got very, very sick and went to the doctors and the doctor, they wanted to keep me. Um, I was severely dehydrated. And at that point, it just wasn't worth it anymore. I had to slow down. Now, this it, it just wasn't that situation as much as I wanted it and as much as I wanted to create this beautiful environment for returning citizens to come home to because I wanted, you know, there's one thing about returning citizens or people that are incarcerated, period. When they go in, they become a number. And I, I've never taken that approach when doing that work. So I wanted to ensure that they came home to something beautiful, but I sacrificed myself in that process. Now, grinding is not ideal. It's not what we should be doing for ourselves. You are giving so much to your clients, your agency, your staff, your children, your sister friends, your community your husband, everybody, all that you've got. So, and you're doing it because you love the work. You're passionate about the work. You're passionate about the work. But are you passionate about yourself? And at that time, I had to come to a hard realization about myself is that I was passionate about the work, but I wasn't passionate enough for myself. I wasn't passionate enough about me to show up for myself in the same way that I was showing up for everything else in my life. You know, being passionate means showing up or having strong feelings or beliefs about something. What if that was how you showed up for yourself? Like, think about it. Everybody knows that if you do human services work, if you do social work, you, you know, they always say you do this work because you're passionate about it, which is true. So what if that same 
energy that we put into our clients, energy that we put into the organization? What if that same advocacy that we put into advocating for our clients to make sure they receive their benefits, advocating for our own self? Like what what if we put that same energy, all that same energy into possibly going toe-to-toe with a service provider to ensure that your client receives the best service or ensure they receive their entitlements? What if we showed up for ourselves in that way? What if we what if we poured that same energy into ourselves? That was the question I had to ask myself several years ago. Then I realized how much I love this work, but just how much I love the thought of being fully present to maybe one day seeing my grandbabies born. And I don't have any yet, and I'm in no rush, son. (laughs) Or one day, you know, seeing my goddaughter graduate college. I want to be around for those times, but I was not going to be around for those times if I kept working and kept functioning in the way that I was functioning. I had to make some intentional, radical changes to my life. And I want that for you. I do. I so want that for every human service professional and every social worker. Because I sit back and I think how much I have given to this work. I know I'm not alone because I see it every single day, not just with not just the individuals who I work with, but individuals in other organizations. And I I follow so many social work pages like I see the work that they are doing and I know they are giving so much of themselves. For I am in so many social work groups. There aren't enough human services groups, but I'm in so many social work groups and I see the memes and I see the reels and you're giving so much of yourself. But what if you gave that much to your own self? So there are many definitions for radical self-care that focus on many areas of a person's life. However, this is the definition that I've come up with. So I've seen so many definitions. But this is the definition that I've come up with. Radical self-care is the intentional act of investing in and caring for your physical, emotional, and mental, social, professional, and spiritual self first before addressing those needs in others. So before addressing those needs in others, that is before you address those needs in your children. And I know that might sound harsh coming from a mom and maybe a mom hearing those things before addressing those needs in our clients, before addressing those needs in our spouses. If we want to show up to the party, we got to make sure we're good first. Think about it. So I'm going to use this little fun analogy. Before you go to a party, you make sure you're good first. You make sure your outfit is cute. You make sure your hair is cute. You make sure you are fully good before you go to a party. What if we approached self-care and radical self-care in the same way? And what if we approached every aspect of our life the same way? We make sure we are good first before we approach anything. Imagine how more impactful through life we could go. 
So radical self-care can be traced back to the Black Panther Party. You know, during the height of the civil rights movement and the Black feminist movement, you know, Black feminist writers, particularly one of my favorites, Audre Lorde, um, who states in her book, A Burst of Light and Other Essays, caring for myself is not a self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. Like, think about it. If we focus on ourselves, focusing on yourself is not selfish. People run this in the ground often. You cannot pour from an empty cup. And it's true. If a cup is empty, it is just that. It is empty. Activist and author Angela Davis also speaks to how important radical self-care is for our advocacy and our activist work. And as human service professionals and social workers, we do so much of that. And in our show notes, I put a snippet of her speaking at, at, a, for, at an interview that she did at Afropunk. And I think you should check it out. Like, we do so much advocating for others in this work. And a lot of times as human service professionals and social workers, we also do a lot of, you know, activism work. If you engage with a lot of human service professionals and a lot of social workers, you will see that there are things outside of our professional selves that we care and are very passionate about. And a lot of that, a lot of times involves social justice work. So because we are always doing something that involves advocating and being an activist for others and for other plights and other areas and other issues, we got to make sure we are taking care of every aspect of our being. And let's not get started because let's think about it, especially for my Black and African-American women. We are the bearers of, and we are leaned on to take care of other people. This has been our historical reality, and this is our reality to this very day. And I see this no different in the field of human services and social work. The field of human services and social work is so disproportionate. And we, if you go back to one of our very first episodes back in January, we highlighted how disproportionate it is that, that, you know, with there being more white human service professionals and social workers than Black and African-American human service professionals and social worker. And the structural inequalities that we face as Black human service professionals and social work, we don't just face those as professionals ourselves, but we're facing those with our clients. Chow, radical self-care must be at front and center, both in our professional and personal lives and settings. It needs to be as innate in us as waking up in the morning, taking a shower and brushing our teeth. Many times when people focus on self-care, they focus on the candles and the bubble baths and the massages. And don't get me wrong, your girl loves a good candle and some good body butter ooh, and some good oils after a hot shower or a bath. I love all the things, all the things. These things can nurture and support in setting the tone to unwind after a long day with clients or a day of meetings that really could have been emails because you know that those are consistent 
or after the fifth home visit of the day. These things are amazing. However, radical self-care is more than that. Radical self-care is an investment. It's an intentional investment that focuses on five essential areas of well-being. It positions you to be passionate about taking care of your whole self. So there are five areas that I'm going to go through quickly. One is radical physical self-care. So this focuses on your mind and body and it goes beyond exercising. Exercising is a part, but it's also about what are you putting in your body? What are you putting on your body? Are you getting your yearly checkups? You know, for women, are you getting your pap smear? Are you getting your mammograms? Are you getting your eye exams, your dental exams? Are you taking, for men, are you getting your prostate exams? If you're of age, are you getting your colonoscopies? Because we were only given one body. So are you doing what you can to take care of your body? Are you taking your medication daily? If you are not taking prescribed medication, are you taking your vitamins? Have you decided a holistic route? If you've decided a holistic route, have you incorporated those things into your life? Are you doing those things? If you're not, what's stopping you? What are the barriers there? What's stopping you? When we are experiencing burnout, which is defined as a syndrome, conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress, that has not been successfully managed. You know, burnout is characterized in three dimensions. And most people that know me, they call me the burnout girl. I am a resistor of burnout. Burnout was the premise of my dissertation. I immersed myself in burnout theory. I immersed myself in everything burnout. You know, burnout is feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. It's increased mental distance from one's jobs. It's you know, negative feelings or cynicism related to your job. It's reduced professional efficacy. If you are at this place, it's too late, but you can get past the burnout. If you are working in a job and you have reached burnout, that's where the problem lies. Organizations need to be working to prevent the burnout from happening. If you are working in an organization and burnout has happened, that is a problem. We want to stop burnout before it happens. Again, once burnout has manifested within a professional or within the organization, sometimes it's a little too late to mitigate, especially if there's no policies and procedures in place. Burnout will impact you physically. It can show up in sleep pattern changes, muscle pains, even headaches. People hold stress in their body, which can cause a number of health issues. This is why self-care and radical self-care is so important. So the first one is radical physical self-care. Let's get to the doctors. Let's make sure we are physically taking care of ourselves. Don't put that doctor's appointment off. The second one is radical emotional and mental self-care. This focuses on doing what is necessary to care for your mind and your emotions. How are you coping and dealing with uncomfortable emotions? How are you telling yourself you're doing? No, really, think about it. What are you speaking over your life? 
Are you speaking negative thoughts over your life? Here, you want to ensure you are bringing full awareness to your emotions, honoring your emotions, holding space for your emotions, and caring for your emotions. You also want to ensure you are thinking and speaking positively over your life. I love affirmations. One of the things my best friend does, and I think it's so awesome, is that she has affirmations written on my goddaughter's mirror. So she sees these positive affirmations every time she goes into the bathroom. It's, I am beautiful. I am powerful. And, you know, we see all of these videos or reels on Instagram and Facebook. and I guess Snapchat also where children are in the mirror, you know, reciting these positive affirmations over their lives. As adults, we got to do the same thing. We got to do the same thing. We have to look ourselves in the mirror or not, but speak positively over yourself. I am going to have a beautiful day. I am more than capable of doing this work. I am more than deserving of this vacation. I am more than deserving of resting. I am more than deserving of taking a nap in the middle of the day. I am more than deserving of being powerful. I am more than deserving of this promotion. I am more than deserving of taking a step back. So radical emotional and mental self-care is so important. Number three, radical social self-care. This focuses on connecting with people who feed your soul. Oftentimes, these people share your values. These people can be our blood family or even chosen family or just really good people to be around. Social connectivity is so important. And, you know, that is coming from a true (laughs) introvert. Yes, I love my alone time. Yes, I love to sit in silence and meditate and pray. With that said, I also love catching up and laughing with my friends. I do. And I'm sure y'all know that from this podcast. I love laughing. I love connecting with my friends. You know, I have good girlfriends that I don't talk to all the time. But when we do talk, it is a time. Okay? It is a time. We catch up. We laugh. And they do know that if they ever need me, I am there. I'm that girl. And I also love when I do connect with my family. It's not often, but when we do connect, it's a time. I grew up in a singing family. When we get together, it might be somebody busts out a good old church song and and we'll all start singing together. So I love those moments. So social self-care is important. And that's number three. Number four is radical spiritual self-care. This focuses on you connecting with a deeper sense of meaning or understanding. This does not have to involve religion or a denomination. And if it does, that's beautiful. But if it doesn't, that's beautiful as well. How are you establishing a deeper meaning to everything that's going on around you? That's radical spiritual self-care. And then the last one is professional self-care. This focuses on how you show up for yourself inside the workplace and outside the workplace. We establish every episode how vital it is for human services, professional and social workers to take care of themselves due to the magnitude of this work. 
So are you taking care of yourselves while you're at work? For example, are you taking a lunch break? Are you setting boundaries at work? You know, I know you guys remember a couple episodes ago when I had Jancel on the episode and Jancel is one. 459, she is gone. We know her pattern. She has very clear boundaries for herself. I am very adamant that people need to take a break after they are with a client in the office just to give themselves some time to clear their minds or make sure you are taking lunch every day. Like I ensure that I enforce those things for folks. Although one of the episodes I found out that she wasn't doing that. However, I do push those things. You know, you have to acknowledge acknowledging to yourself and also to your supervisor when a client situation has evoked something in you and you need the space and also the grace to maybe take a self-care day. And that has to be okay. Organizations have to give space for their staff to be able to take a step back when there is a case or there is a client or there was a client situation that really got to them. We have to show up. We have to remember our staff are human. And regardless if they are the professional, they are still human with human emotions. So we have to ensure that we are positioning our organizations to be able to take care of our staff when they are interacting with our clients and their stuff. And also, you know, are you using a planner? Are you planning yourself out at work and are you staying organized? Because a lot of this can also mitigate and decrease the burnout. So the five areas of radical self-care that I live by, I mean, they are at this point, they're innate. They're just a part of me. It's radical physical self-care, radical emotional and mental self-care, radical social self-care, radical spiritual self-care, and radical professional self-care. Radical self-care is wellness in its totality. And it takes some work, y'all. It was hard for me in the beginning because I was so used to grinding. It was instilled in me at a very early age. You work. You don't ask anybody for anything. You work for everything that you have. And you work, 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 work. You work, work, work until you have accomplished what it is you need to accomplish. And so that's what I did. But that's not healthy messaging. It is literally for some people, like it was for myself, reprogramming how you've been functioning your entire life. But the good news is, it is completely possible. And I implore you to start sooner rather than later because you have to. You have to. I, you have to. You have to. You have to. If you are passionate about this work, Why not get passionate about radically taking care of yourself? I double dog dare you. (laughs) So that was a lot of information today, but I really, really, really am so passionate about radical self-care. So there's so much more to radical self-care. And I think we're going to have a part two to this episode. Yeah, we're going to have a part two to this episode. So as we end this episode today, I hope I have said something that resonates with you. And if it has, and you would like some support to implement radical self-care into your life or your organization, then it is time to put your oxygen mask on first. 
and put that same passion into yourself as you've put into the work that you do for your organization and your clients, my friend. It really is. They tell us to put our oxygen mask on first for a reason when we're flying. You know, it's like as a mom, like, what you mean put my eyes on first? My baby more important. No, ma'am, because if you're passed out, you can't get your babies on. Duh. So, hey, it's time. Again, radical self-care has completely changed how I show up for myself in every, every way. And I know it can do the same for you. And this is coming from a person who used to work three jobs and was getting her PhD and was grinding it out. I mean, grinding it out. And I know sometimes it's, but I love what I do, but you got to love you more. Because at the end of the day, the work going to still be here, sweet pea. So in closing... I want to share with you a poem written by Alexandra L. And it's a poem from her book, Love in My Language. And the poem is entitled, The N-Word. I can't be everything to everyone else if I am nothing to myself. All right, y'all. So we're going to switch it up a little bit this week. Remember, radical self-care is health care and kindness is free so do me a favor and be kind to someone today i love you so much for listening do me a favor and head on over wherever you listening to this podcast and please rate this podcast for me okay i love you so much for listening and until next time be good to yourself and to others bye hey.